Welcome to the JCAR Report Podcast, brought to you by the esteemed Johnston County Association of Realtors. Whether an aspiring agent, seasoned professional, or simply intrigued by the dynamic world of real estate, this podcast is your ultimate gateway to the industry's latest trends, expert insights, and insider knowledge. Join us as we unlock the secrets to success, explore market dynamics, share inspiring stories, and provide invaluable tips to help you navigate the ever-evolving real estate landscape. Get ready to embark on a journey of discovery as we empower you with the tools and strategies to thrive in the competitive realm of property transactions. Tune in, stay informed, and elevate your real estate game with the JCAR Report. Alrighty. Thank you, Melissa. So excited to have you here today. So glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so let's start off. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. What what brought you into where you are today and what brought you into having so much insight about self-care? You know, it's interesting because we always kind of set out what we think we're going to be when we grow up and then things happen, right? And things evolve. So I went to East Carolina and graduated as a nurse and then was asked to step into my first leadership role because I was the mouthiest, most opinionated nurse with a bachelor's degree. (laughs) That is literally how I got my first job. And it really came about because I kept showing up in my manager's office saying, you know what? It'd be really cool if... Have you ever considered doing this? So finally, one day she called me in and she said, Melissa, your ideas, they're great. She says, we've decided to create a nurse educator position because you keep showing up. So and told me because I was the mouthiest, most opinionated nurse with a bachelor's <laughs> degree. And I very quickly said, I don't know if I want to come off of night shift because, you know, I'm mischievous and I like to hide out at night shift. Yeah. The administration is going to meet me. And she said, no, they already know who you are. <laughs> Taking those leadership roles is just really amazing to me how much we give of ourselves and how there were definitely moments in my career where I stopped and remembered that I was becoming bitter. A pastor one time says, you need to be better, not bitter. And that's kind of where the self-care topic uh, started to evolve and come about was recognizing that when we are in a face-forward, people-servant industry, then we have to remember that if we keep giving of ourselves, then then we burn out, right? Yes. We dry up and we burn out and that's not good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and talking about that, what is your definition of self-care? I think self-care, I like to rephrase it because some people think that self-care is selfish. I like to rephrase it even to think about self-preservation. Self-care is what do I have to do to make sure that I am able to give my best to those that meet, that mean the most, and matter the most to me. Yes. So what is it that I have to do? And I think it looks a little bit different for different people. Absolutely. So quick question, is two glasses of wine at the end of the night considered self-care? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people on here who are. <laughs> Alcohol and use in moderation is absolutely <laughs> appropriate. There's my nursing answer. There you um, go. Like I said, we all have our own our own coping skills and a glass of wine can help you relax. Wonderful. Perfect. <laughs> well, whew, thank God. That, asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so what, why do you think the topic of self-care has become such a big feature in, in everyday conversation lately? Oh my gosh, the pandemic. I mean, we, we needed it before the pandemic, but I think that the pandemic absolutely set things back into a different perspective. The way that we had to divide ourselves and split ourselves and, um, I would say more so maybe with women than men, but that's not fair because there are definitely men that stepped up as well. But all of a sudden trying to figure out how to create a livelihood, but also run your household and keep safe. Yeah. You know, we, we think about our primitive brain has this whole fight or flight response. 
And basically, that was designed so if a dinosaur was coming after you, you could take off and run instead of being eaten. But that part of our brain very much exists. And I think that we went into a place of fight or flight and self-preservation that really amped up our need for self-care because of what it did to us psychologically, spiritually, and physically. Yeah. Yeah. On top of that, I mean, just uh, having to figure out how to educate your, if you have children, how to get them to school, how it was going to work. And it definitely was hectic. And I also found too, with the pandemic, I found a lot of people, you know, that self-realization where they may have been forced to actually slow down Mm -hmm. and forced to be at home. And so coming up with creative ways, but then being able to engage with their family more and spend more time and realizing how much of that they had missed in the past and how important Mm -hmm. they wanted it to be and continue in the future. Yeah, I think we had to get on a technology learning curve like none other and um, go into our kids how to connect with them. And I, and I, I say my kids, I'm so proud of them because they were like feral cats. It was kind of like fend for yourself because they were at that age where they were old enough to stay at home in their own space and do things and do it. And then I had to follow up and and make sure Uh, one did extremely well, got all of his work done, was self-paced. And it was my daughter who I thought would be I was being sexist. I thought the girls were going to be the ones that were organized. (laughs) And she was six weeks behind in school. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about fight or flight. But yeah, learning how to connect with people and also the adjustment. Those of us that were extroverts like becoming introverts and how were we coping with that? And on the flip side, an introvert came up to me about a year after the pandemic and she said, you know, I teased about you. She says, I'm the one that's not okay. And I said, what do you mean? You're an introvert. She says, yes. She says, and now I don't want to go out in crowds anymore. I don't want to be around people. So it impacted all of us. No one came out unscathed. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And as far as kids, I mean, there's a sense of also we have to make sure that they understand self-care and they can be aware of their feelings. And that just adds a whole other level to all of this going on. So It really does, because you're trying to educate yourself to get in touch, especially you brought up a great point when you said those of us that go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like everything had to shift and change. Mm-hmm. So we we had to adjust to that. And you're right that when you had kids trying to not only figure it out for yourself, but navigate it for your family became yep. a real challenge. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to talk about self-care or lack of self-care might start to look like physically, mentally, and everything like that. But you do have a quiz that we are going to start. So if everybody uh, listening to this podcast would like to grab a pen and paper. Yes, this is just a very simple quiz. There are lots of uh, resources out on the internet and mindtools.com is one of my favorites. So there's a lot of free resources there. And so this was a burnout quiz that I pulled from mindtools.com. And basically what you're going to do is each statement that I read, you're going to rate it on a scale of one to five. One means not at all. Two means rarely do you feel that way. Three means, yeah, sometimes I feel that way. Four, I feel like that often. And five is I feel like that very often, almost all the time. Yeah. So from one to five, five being the most extreme that you feel this way versus one being the least. The first one is, I feel run down and drained of physical or emotional energy. So I feel run down and drained of physical or emotional injury, energy. So where are you on a one to five? So, and, and just so everybody hears again, one to five is one is the least mm-hmm. and five is the most. Right. Second question. I have negative thoughts about my job. I am harder and less sympathetic with people than perhaps they deserve. I'm harder and less sympathetic with people than perhaps they deserve. That's number three. 
The next one, I am easily irritated by small problems or by my coworkers. Notice they don't mention spouse in this, right? No, I know. I know. <laughs> As a single woman, I'm like, okay, I get it. Um, I am easily irritated by small problems or my coworkers. Next one, I feel misunderstood or unappreciated by my coworkers. So I feel misunderstood or unappreciated by my coworkers. Then we have, I feel that I have no one to talk to. And if that's the case, you need to be reaching out. Yes, absolutely. I'd definitely be happy to speak with people, refer them to where they need to go. I feel that I am achieving less than I should. I feel that I'm achieving less than I should. I feel under an unpleasant level of pressure to succeed. I feel under an unpleasant level of pressure to succeed. I feel that I am not getting what I want out of my job. I feel that I am in the wrong organization or profession. I feel that I'm in the wrong organization or profession. I am frustrated with parts of my job. I feel that organizational politics or bureaucracy frustrate my ability to do a good job. That's just a statement in itself. <laughs> I feel that organizational politics or bureaucracy frustrate my ability to do a good job. Next, I feel that there is more work to do than I practically have the ability to do. I feel like there's more work to do that I probably have the ability. Like, I, I mean, just feel like there's like a flashing fire. Yeah, that one, yeah, right? exactly, right. exactly. Next, just a couple more. I feel that I do not have the time to do many of the things that are important to doing a good quality job. I feel that I do not have the time to do many of the things that are important to do a good quality job. And last, I find that I do not have the time to plan as much as I want to. So I find that I do not have the time to plan as much as I want to. So just take a moment to add those points up. And as you point those up points up, I'm going to read to you kind of where the scale is on this. Okay, if you were somewhere between 15 and 18, then you have no sign of burnout. Congratulations, high five yourself. If you are 19 to 32, you have a little sign of burnout. If you are 33 to 49, you are at risk for burnout. If you are 50 to 59, you are at severe risk of burnout. And if you are 60 or higher, you're on fire. <laughs> that? Um, very high risk of burnout. Yeah. So the reason this is so important is I think that we should do this as a check to ourselves, which is why I'd love for them to go to mindtools.com. I'd like for you to do that is because I think if you check in on yourself quarterly, one of the things we have to remember is sometimes our stress levels are cyclical. Like I would not want to be a CPA right now. You know, yeah. we're, we're in tax season in April. And just like I would not want to be an insurance person in December signing people up for insurance. Like there are times we have high pressure. So we need to recognize that. But that's why we need to talk today about self-care mm -hmm. and kind of what we need to do with this is because burnout, the true definition of burnout is when long-term exhaustion collides with diminished interest. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, my way of saying that is if your give a damn is busted. Yeah. If your give a damn is busted, then okay, I need to stop because what I'm doing in my life's work right now is my purpose and mm -hmm. it's my fulfillment. So when I start getting better, I got to figure out how to get better. Absolutely. Because right. it's not the true feeling. It's just the yeah. that surface feeling because you're exhausted. You know, I go back to last year at the end of the year, uh, you know, because I hadn't taken before December of last year, I had not taken a selfcation or a right. excuse me, not selfcation, a, a staycation, staycation in a decade. I mean, oh since before gosh. I had my son. 
And I went into strategic planning for the association and I, strategic planning is my happy place. Like when you start talking about, let's start planning for the next year, let's start making, do our checklist and everything like that. That is my joy. I love thinking about it. I love, I I start crafting because it opens up my mind. And so I can start getting all of those thoughts of what, of ideas for the next year. And I went in last year and I was like, I have no new thoughts and I don't really care. And I was like, that's not me. That's not. that's not me. And so that's when I was like, I need to take a minute. And I took a week's staycation last year before Christmas. And I think you bring up a great point. There are a lot of us, um, especially in what you guys do, is you are your own innovators and entrepreneurs in so many ways. And that's one of the things that we get in trouble is when we overpack our schedule, we run out of time to innovate. And yes. so that was great that you noticed that with yourself because we don't always make pockets for that creativity mm-hmm. because, again, that feels selfish, right? Yes. I should be doing something else. But the truth is, is that if you want to stay at the top of your game, you've got to give yourself time to breathe and to innovate. Yep. And sometimes a staycation is best because when you leave on vacation, sometimes you feel like you need a staycation. I always to come remember, back. Right? I, I have an eight-year-old. I always come back from vacation more tired Exhausted. than I went in. Yeah. You know, so. I went on my first real vacation, I think, in 10 years mm-hmm. this past year. And my spirit just needed it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize how much until I got there. And then when we got ready to come home, I cried for a minute because Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to go back to that pressure. But it made me again stop and say, if that's the way I feel, then what do I need to do to incorporate self-care? Because Mm -hmm. it should not get to that level, right? No. Mm -mm. Um, There's this whole concept called busyness sickness. And busyness sickness is talking about how we try to do more and more with less and less time, getting more results. Yes. And I think we get ourselves into that frantic mode. And what's scary about it is because when we get into it, we feel like that's normal. Mm -hmm. And it's not until we take the pause in the moment and our body kind of sits and rests that you go, wow, this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. This is the way it's supposed to look, right? And the idea of we've got to get it done, got to get it done, but is it better to get it done when you have a fresh mind or is it better to get it done and it's not exactly as well as you wanted the final product to be? So it's... Well, and that's where perfectionism gets you. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a planner and a checklist, it's about control and it's about being precise. And, you know, that sometimes um, gets us into that analysis paralysis. So sometimes it's better to go with the 80% solution Mm -hmm. because I think very few things in life go exactly the way we plan them. Mm -hmm. And I think that itself creates more anxiety, but that that feeling and that pressure to be perfect. Yes. I think part of what personally makes me successful that I'm having to embrace is it's my imperfections that people appreciate the most. Mm -hmm. You know, because I'm like, wow, I like to dress and look like I've got it all together. And they're like, but Melissa, if you weren't you, you just wouldn't be fun to be around. And I'm like, well, okay. So it's it's those quirky <laughs> imperfections. That's not giving us an excuse not to do a great job. Yes. But give ourselves a little bit of grace. Mm-hmm. That's part of self-care Absolutely. is not being so hard because our inner critic, right? That's the worst. It's the worst. It's the worst. And I'm on your, the color, personality color, I'm a green. So I am. Oh, yeah almost abusive to myself when yes. it comes to it. and it, Yeah. And that's the thing is that with a green personality, like it just, the bar is set at a certain level and you raise it 10 feet mm-hmm. and then you get frustrated when you're not hitting it or when other people aren't because mm-hmm. you forget that the bar was 10 feet lower than yeah. where it was. <laughs> so yeah, that's, um, it's funny because during the pandemic, one of my girlfriends came over, we would have porch wine. So the yeah. wine again, mm-hmm. we would have porch wine because we could sit on the porch and as single mothers, it was like we were going crazy. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh. 
And so we were at a porch run and she said one of her friends, they two best friends decided to get together and confess to each other on a weekly basis the inner thoughts and things they said <laughs> to themselves. And they said the reason they were doing that and they were like, I don't want to say those things to you. And they said, then why would you say them to yourself? And she said, so are we going to do that? And I was like, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? I don't want people to hear what I say. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But again, it's one of those moments where like, okay, like then then recognize it for what it is. Mm -hmm. But what strategies again can we do? Because that's our spirit, right? And when our spirit's not settled, everything else is absolutely, absolutely. Going into a little bit more detail, talk a little bit about exactly what does happen to your body when we aren't taking care of ourselves properly. There's this great book called When the Body Says No by Dr. Gabor Mate. And there's a um, about an hour and 20 minute YouTube video that he does. It's amazing. When we are in fight or flight, this takes down the nursing side. When we are in fight or flight, we are not in rest and digest. Mm-hmm. So your body is either healing and self-preserving or it's fighting for its life. And it is a light switch, not a dimmer switch. Yeah. And so when we go into that fight or flight mode and we push and we push and we push, what happens is our cortisol levels raise. All of a sudden, that's that weight gain. You just can't get it off. Your immune system takes a dip. So all of a sudden, you're getting sick a lot more often than you ever did before because your body never gets to a state of rest and repair. Yeah. Your digestion gets off. And let me tell you, when your stomach gets off because of the digestion and the stress, 80% of your serotonin, so that's your happy juice in your brain. People yeah. take antidepressants. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's to block your serotonin from being absorbed. So you just messed with 80% of the production because your gut's out of whack. Yeah, yeah. So it is so important that we take care of ourselves mm-hmm. because physically, high blood pressure, obesity, strokes, right? Autoimmune disorders are being tied to this. GI disorders like irritable bowel and Crohn's, mm-hmm. things like that. The people that internalize get the gut problems and the autoimmune and they're seeing links to cancer versus the people with the explosive rage have heart attacks and strokes. And we've always accepted that. Mm -hmm. It's very real. Yeah. And they say to, your gut is your second brain. It is. So when that's out of whack, your, your brain's out of whack. So if you could just go a little bit more into the flight or flight, because when you're talking about that, you're not talking about a specific, like really stressful moment. It's more of the buildup of not caring for yourself and not giving yourself just a little bit of time to reset. It's yeah. Okay. So it's kind of a combination thereof. So your fight or flight kicks in and that's your, your primitive brain that it it responds. What's interesting about it. It responds, whether it is a real threat or Mm -hmm. perceived threat. So me getting stuck in traffic, trying to get here on time. Yeah. Set off my fight or flight, just like if someone had a gun in front of me, Yes, right? It's that same response. And what happens is that when we are in this, when you look at like the things we do and we set deadline after deadline and with you guys closing after closing and seeing clients and showing houses and every day of the week you're available 24-7, like, and all of a sudden your body never takes a moment to check out and rest, then it basically, it's like redlining a needle on a car. A car's motor is made that if I pull out and I pulled out in front of someone by mistake, I got to gun it because if not, they're going to hit me. Yeah. So you can redline your engine. It's going to give you grace. You're going to get there. Hopefully you didn't have an accident. But if I drove like that all the time, what would I do to my engine? You burn it out. You burn it out. And guess what? It is the exact same thing with our body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Very interesting. What do you say for those who... Before we get into ways that we can self-care, what do you say to those who, I, I don't have the time, or I, cu- I couldn't even five, ten minutes in my day? It, and it, it is difficult yeah. because you have to force that time, but how, can, can we give a little tough love and say that that's just an excuse? We can. And, and I feel like a hypocrite talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, you have to pick your priorities. And, and so what I say, thinking about myself and my own accountability is you have to make time. I look at some of my friends that do a great job of blocking out time. It seems to be easier as your kids get older. Yeah. I think if you're a young parent that there are so many pressures and responsibilities that we often let ourselves go, but we've got to find a way that if you can't get to the gym, park a little bit further away. Mm-hmm. Um, how can you combine things? You know, we're, we're Southern. So like everything I do socially is usually revolved around a meal or coffee. Yes. Maybe it should be revolved around a walk. Yeah. You know, how can we go somewhere? How can we move a little more, do a few more things? So I say we put our priorities where we want them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be really, really difficult. Strategy wise, I've had people say they just block it on the calendar and it's a yeah. non-negotiable appointment. Yep. My job doesn't have that much flexibility to do this. Kind of when the client wants something, you, you, you do it. Go. But, yeah. but at the same time, I still, it's still an excuse. Yep. Because when it becomes important to me, I will make it a priority. Yep. Absolutely. And I can't afford to keep waiting. As we age, we're basically tossing a grenade back and forth, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, hoping nobody pulls the pin. So. Yeah. You, you go over that 40 mark and, and all of a sudden oh, yeah. the doctor's like, so you know your blood pressure's a little high. And you're like, no, it's, I have white coat syndrome. Right. It's fine. Right. Try, test it again. And right. it doesn't go back down. Yeah. I love how you say, you know, park a little further, even just 10 minutes a day or yeah. five minutes, just start with something. And then I think too, once you start with even that five minutes of just self-reflection or, you know, a body scan, how am I feeling today? You'll see how much you appreciate that and how much it does change your mind, your mentality. And then you'll want more and, and realize that the more you give yourself, the better off everything else in your world falls into place. I think you're exactly right. The first thing it comes down to is mindset. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people the first thing I, somebody says, you know, what would be your tips and techniques? First things first is always. Mm -hmm. First things first. And that means that before my feet hit the floor every single morning, I stop as soon as I'm conscious and I have a moment of gratitude. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's prayer. For someone else, it may be different. It may be meditation, reflection, whatever you want to call it. But that is the moment where I don't ask for anything, but I express gratitude for waking up to see the next day, as cliche as that sounds, the the health and wellness of my children, the Mm -hmm. fact that I'm surrounded in love, the fact that I've got a productive job, you know, and that Mm -hmm. I've got income. And what we find out is, number one, it sets your mindset for the day, right? So it gets you right. But the other thing we found out is the chemical release that you get. Yes. And that if you can do this for 30 days straight, the results, if you stopped on day 31, you still would have lasting serotonin results for 90 days. Wow. 90 days. So when you start with that, just with your mindset alone, getting going. And I think the other trap that we run into is that because most of us are obsessed with always excelling and overachieving Mm -hmm. that even when we go with things like increasing more activity in our life, instead of just walking some here and there, we decide we're going to work out every single day and we're going to do this. And then we overkill it. And then when we fail at it, we think we've defeated instead of my mindset after age 40 now is don't give up. Yeah. So if I don't make it to the gym, but one day a week, daggone it, I'm making it that one day. Like Sunday afternoons, the YMCA has an amazing hip hop aerobics class called dance work. And let me tell you, it is something you don't want to see me do, but I am telling you, I sweat it out there and I love it so much. And I remind myself to give myself grace because even if I don't get there any other day of the week, what it does for my spirit, for my body, Mm -hmm. for all those pieces. And I just keep going, okay, every day I'm going to try harder. Yeah, yeah. 
I think it's great to, you know, the, the self-reflection and that's, I mean, how long in the morning when you do that gratitude? A minute, two maybe, minutes, maybe a minute, yeah. maybe two minutes. Again, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be. And, and some people go, well, I don't, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to do that. Sometimes then you just say, I'm grateful because, yeah, and that, I don't have the words today. And especially if there are days I wake up and I don't feel grateful, mm-hmm. I may say, you know what? I don't have the words, but you know, I know I have a lot. Yeah. And, and sometimes yeah. that's just enough. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily pray in the morning, but I just do the I'm grateful. Yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's I'm grateful that I'm about ready to get up and go make a cup of coffee. Yeah. You know, or yes. it's something very simple. But then other days it's I'm grateful for so much more. So it doesn't have to be you don't overthink it. Just let it be. Yeah. Let it happen. Yeah. yeah. I even I'll put on some music while I get ready. Mm-hmm. I like to listen in the morning. I, usually I listen to Caleb because it's like I'm like, OK, here we are. Mm-hmm. We're getting in there. I may have hip hop once I get in the car, but I'm We'll start off with some Caleb. Yeah. But, you know, whatever that takes. We've talked about exercise, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, nutrition is important. You are what you eat. And mm-hmm. so the cleaner you eat, the better your body responds to it, the better you feel. Drinking water is very important. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't like to drink water, so you have to get creative about how you're going to get that water in your system. But it lubes your joints, right? So yeah. that, that helps out. And it also flushes out a lot of the crap that we put in our mm-hmm. body anyway. And it actually helps with your mind clarity. Yes. So they say if you'll drink a glass of water before you do some mentally challenging tasks, that actually it improves you. I think it's like 15% mm-hmm. improvement on your cognitive processes, which is just crazy. Yeah. And don't they say, too, if you have a glass of water right before you go to bed mm-hmm. and right when you wake up, it decreases your chance of stroke and heart, correct? I don't know that, but it, I mean, it mm-hmm. sounds reasonable and mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, that's actually something I do. So, yeah, yes, yeah, I, I know. That, I'm checking that off. I'm counting that. But no, it makes sense. It's because, again, you're flushing impurities mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. And, and for your cardiovascular health, you do need that volume. And yeah. again, I tell people, my PE coach when I was in the seventh grade at Smithfield Selma Middle School, so this goes way back um, in the 80s, or as my kids said one time, way back in the 1900s. I'm like, you may die over that comment. But looking at, he gave us this visual that our blood vessels are basically sticky walls and that when we eat fat and stuff, that basically it just comes and it sticks and it hangs out. So that when we move more and when we drink more water, we don't allow it to stick. Yeah. Um, that's why they say smoking is so bad is because smoking actually does make your blood vessel all stickier. Mm-hmm. So so when we think about that, um, it just made me think about, yeah, those kinds of pieces. I think another thing that we think of besides just the physical components of things is I think going back to your mental health, recognizing that there are going to be times when you're going to be at the top of the burnout scale and not others. And do you have a support system? That's part of my self-care as I have some girlfriends that I would go to the ends of the earth for, right? And they would do that for me. And I can pick up a phone and say, I'm not okay today. And they can say, what do you need in that space? Because sometimes you just need to say it. And I know I've said times before, as you know, I know this is situational, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm overwhelmed right now. And so it goes into such a hidden piece of self-care we forget about, and that's humor. Yeah. Think about humor. Um, Mm -hmm. What can you watch? What kind of humor do you connect with? and, And how can you laugh? Because it really does... Again, it releases those endorphins again yeah. and and kind of gives us some levity in a moment. Burns calories. There's, yes, you know, right, right. so many things. So yeah. um, going a little further into what type of strategies do you think outside of those smaller ones, what sort of things can people do and maybe even to easily implement into your day to help with self-care? 
I think that sometimes we need to take a pause. Mm -hmm. I think as driven as I am, and I'm one of those people, I just want to push through it and get it done so I can breathe. I think you hit on something when you said we've got to take a moment because then we can come back fresh to finish and we're going to finish it better. Mm -hmm. I think we need to build some of those pauses and, and celebrate some of the small moments. Yes. There's this whole concept of, of having a victory lap. And I know so many of us go and go and go and we say, I'm going to celebrate it when, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going <clears> to <throat> I'm gonna celebrate this accomplishment when. And so we miss a lot of moments where we could have paused, which would allow fight or flight to shut off, mm-hmm. right? We would have been in a little more rest and digest. And also what it does to your mindset when you pause for that moment to embrace it and go. Something as simple as I'm really bad for not taking a lunch break. I'll just mm-hmm. order DoorDash. Makes so much money off of me, right? <laughs> DoorDash comes in and then I'm eating at the desk. And I'm like, how am I digesting this food when I'm not even stopping yep. to remember that I chewed it, right? Yep. So again, I think it's the microburst. Mm-hmm. It's the little things we do in the moment so that when you don't have time for a vacation or Can you put some music on that Mm -hmm. just kind of can help you regulate your mood? If I Mm -hmm. need to concentrate, it's classical cello. Yeah. If I'm angry, it's probably hip hop, right? It's it's like DMX is barking Mm -hmm. at people and Snoop Dogg is doing his thing. Love it. Yeah. Dr. Dre. Yeah. All those, right? And here's one thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of people will have a tendency to say, I'm going to take a break. Let me pick up my phone and look at social media. Gotcha. Don't, don't do it. Yeah. Don't but it, it. I mean, you want to talk about the complete opposite of taking a minute. Well, and I'm going to pick on us older generations. We go down the rabbit hole. We don't come back. Mm-hmm. The younger generations glance at their phone. They put it right back down. Yeah. Us, I'm like, oh, my God. Well, that made me think of such and such. Yeah. Look at this. And here's the other thing that's toxic about social media. Everybody puts their best life on there. Mm-hmm. Right. So then all of a sudden, whether you realize it or not, you start thinking that your life is inadequate because you don't have these moments. Yeah. And you don't have this. And I don't even think that we overtly mean to do that. It just happens, mm-hmm. you know, and you get this FOMO. And so this fear of missing out. And, and because there's a fear of missing out, then you've overextended yourself again. So mm-hmm. you're exactly right. It can create more anxiety yes. than more rest. So yeah. when you take a break, you're right. Take take a break. Mm-hmm. Like do mm-hmm. something that, that allows you to check out for a minute. And it may be just to stretch for a second. Yep. Stand up beside your desk and just stretch for a minute. For me, I'm going to go get another cup of coffee. Let's yeah, be honest. I, yeah. I try to drink a water and a coffee and a water and a coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We started in the office here because we do actually sitting down and having a lunch where it's just lunch and it's not working lunch right. is far and few between. So I've actually scheduled on everybody's calendar a 15-minute saw, which means I love it. do not answer the work phone. Relax. So, hey, 12.15 to 12.30, nobody will be answering the JCAR phone, just to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Because we get up and walk around. If you need to make a phone call to your husband or to your spouse or significant other, whatever you need to do, but it is get away from the computer. Don't look at the computer, shut it off, walk away. And we call it's on the calendar, 15 minute WUSA. I love Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. I love it. That that's such a great strategy. And you know what I like about that also is part of what I think about is, is part of how I manage myself better is to manage the people around me. A lot of times people will look to us in leadership and we will try to role model Mm -hmm. each other in leadership. Mm -hmm. So recognizing that that moment is important. And as a leader, 
sending that to your team, it does yeah. a lot for your culture as well. Absolutely. Right. And when you're in a better work culture, you're not going to burn out as quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because an effective work culture does understand the need for self-care yes. and the need for some kind of work-life balance. Yes. I think we get caught in this misconception that work-life balance is the scales that that Lady Justice holds, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's got a balance. The truth is, and this was something I shared last year at the Women's Conference, mm-hmm. is what I have learned is it's more like the ocean. It's the tide. Yep. It ebbs and flows. So sometimes something gets more of me than something else does. But I have to understand that the tide can't always be out and it can't always be in. Absolutely. So it's got to ebb and flow and I've got to adjust to that rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes home needs a little bit more focus and sometimes work needs a little bit more focus. And either way, whichever one needs the more focus, it's okay. It doesn't mean that you're neglecting one or one is, you know, they're not suffering. So, And it it makes you go back and think about your priorities at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. And that circles back to the beginning of this conversation about the pandemic. It really made us go back and look at what was truly important. And so livelihood, but are we, are we working to make a living or we live into work. Yes, exactly. So. For those who, and like you, you love, love, love what you do. And like me last year, I was so devastated at myself for, again, self-critiquing for not having that passion that I normally have in what I do. And although it helped me realize it, I was really sad that for that short period of time, I didn't love what I do because I normally love what I do. And so having that realization that it's not, and some people will go, well, I just don't like this anymore. I'm going to go to my, do something different. And that might not be it. It's just because it's going to happen at the next place. So So same personalities, just different names. Yeah, exactly. So taking a moment to assess yourself and going, wait a minute, is it bitter? Taking that burnout quiz on the mind tools and going and looking, and there's so many free resources there that just can help you with different things. Yeah. Yeah. I want to give you this quote. This was a quote that I saw at the beginning of the pandemic, and I've used it so many times because it just was so powerful. And it says, we don't have to become heroes overnight, just a step at a time, meeting each thing that comes up, discovering we have the strength to stare it down. And so that was actually Eleanor Roosevelt in a book called You Learn by Living. And that that quote just reminds me that even Superwoman couldn't get it all done. There you right? go. There so you go. we've got to we've got to give ourselves grace in these moments. Absolutely. And remember that I would say a, a kind of wrap up thought. A lady told me one time that she says you should only be given out of your overflow. And I looked at her and I remember smiling and thinking, this woman's insane. I'm not. And she was actually like a licensed therapist. And I was like, this is the most selfish thing I've ever heard a therapist yeah, say. I was yeah. like, I don't think I'm talking to the right person. <laughs> and, um, and I, I said, you, you're going to have to help me understand that. And she said, you should only give out of your overflow. And I said, I, I heard that. And I said, but, and she said, no, Melissa, think about it. If you keep dipping out of your cup and giving and giving and giving, and you're not doing things to refill your cup, what happens to your cup eventually? It's empty. So she said, you really should be doing things to take care of yourself so that you're always in a state of overflow so Mm -hmm. you have something to give. Mm -hmm. And like when she explained it like that, and I had to, I can't say that I agree with her 100% to begin with. Yeah. But as I thought about it over the last 10 years since she said that to me, I thought, you know what? There is so much wisdom in that because again, we think self-sacrifice is a badge of courage that we wear. And, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I'm suffering. I'm a martyr. But the truth at the end of the day is that if you leave yourself in that state, then you're going to come to a place where you have nothing else to give. And yeah. we don't want to see that happen with yeah. anyone. Yep. If you keep self-sacrificing, somebody else is going to suffer in the end, right. not you. So right. that's great. That's a beautiful quote. 
Well, listen, Melissa, this has been wonderful. I could talk about this forever and ever. It, it's very intriguing and, and it's also so important. And I feel that not enough people take it in and understand how important it is yeah. for success. I mean, the more self-care you give, the more successful you'll be. The conversation or the topic of this is selfish or selfless and or self-care, selfish or selfless. And I think it's selfless because the more I care for myself, I feel the better I am at my job, the better mom I am, the better wife I am and across the gambit. It, it just, I have become better because I care for myself. And so I hope that people have listened to everything you're saying today and really yeah. take that to heart. You're working so, out of the overflow and this podcast is, is an example of yeah, that. So yeah, great yeah. job. I, I always love supporting J-Carr. Oh, thank you so all much. All that you guys do. You work so hard. Oh, we, we appreciate you. Thank you very much. Great seeing you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the J-Car Report, your go-to podcast for all things real estate. We hope you found our discussion insightful and valuable in your real estate endeavors. Remember, knowledge is power in the world of property. Stay informed, stay curious, and never stop exploring the ever-evolving landscape of real estate. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the J-Car Report and never miss an update. And don't forget to leave us a review or share a podcast with others who might find it helpful. As always, stay connected with us on social media where we share additional tips, insights, and behind-the-scenes content. And if you have any questions or suggestions for future topics, we'd love to hear them from you. Thank you for being a part of the J-Car Report community. Until next time, and remember, the world of real estate is full of opportunities, and we're here to help you seize them.